Amen. Amen. Don't, don't you just feel good about what God's doing? Amen. He's doing great things in our lives and in our church and even in our cities. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so easy sometimes to, uh, you know, to notice stuff that we don't like. But how many know that that does not change who we are? Right? We are people of victory. We, we are more than overcomers. We're above only, not beneath. We're the headlight, not the taillight. Right? You're blessed in every situation. And the fact is, is that your final outcome is always going to be better than your current condition. And that's good or bad. If it's really good right now, just wait till you see what God's got in store. Yeah. You might be struggling. You might be going through a challenge. That's the greatest opportunity right there to humiliate hell. You know, uh, uh, quite often we act like uh, we think everything, you know, since, we, since we've come to Jesus and we've dedicated our life, everything should be smooth. No, if you're on track with God, I can guarantee you that you're going to have opposition. Well, the enemy's going to try to separate you from the end that, that God has for you, right? And, and, and he's going to do everything he can to disrupt God's plan in your life. So, so don't, let the, don't let the enemy play you like, like a fool. You know, don't, don't let him talk you out of what God's promised you. Stay on track. Come on, stay on track. Press in more than ever before. Somebody say amen. You know what? We, we, we got to go for this thing, and we, uh, we just got to get determined that uh, uh, Paul said, none of these things move me. You know, that's the mindset you got to get. I don't care what it looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. I'm going to go get the promises of God in my life because, you know what? It's not really about the promises, but it's about the guy who made the promise. And the guy who made the promise is on my side, and he's for me and not against me. And if he's for me, it don't even matter who's against me. Somebody say amen. Why? Because I'm in Christ. Used to live like a loser. You know what's funny is we've got one or two people that said, yeah. We all were. But now we're in Christ. Uh, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Check it out. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Hey, not only is this just, uh, you know, the front side of a new year. No, th this is the front side of a new you. We're talking to the new you today, right? The Amplified, the Amplified Bible says uh, the fresh and new. Look at somebody say, hello, fresh and new. Come on, you, you're the new guy. You got a new beginning. You got a new beginning. You know, uh, do you understand the power of a new beginning? Uh, the new beginning. You know, we, we get so hyper-focused, I think, on the past. You know, we, we take that statement, the old is gone. Oh, thank God, the old is gone. And, and we, then we end up sitting there meditating about the old being gone. When what you need to focus on is the new has come. See, because the cool thing about a new beginning is that means that it has tied you to a new end. The end result has just been changed by God himself for your life. Somebody say amen. See, here's the deal, is that being in Christ, yes, it has liberated us from the power of our past, but it's not just about breaking the power of my past, it's about the propagation of my future. It's what God has planned for my future, and now that's going to be exploding in my, in my walk with God. I've got this awesome future that God's calling me to. You know, before you go out, you know, maybe that's hung there too long, and you've, you, you, know, you, you forget, but God's got a plan to give you hope, and a future. God has a future in mind that he's bringing you to. And, and, and you got to understand that the potential of that new future, it, 
at the end is tied to your new beginning. You got a new beginning, but you're tied now to a brand new end. In Revelations 22, 13, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You, man, I'm telling you, if you can get a revelation right here today, you, you'll have enough to change your life. Uh, he's the beginning and the end. See, the enemy has to do everything he can to separate you now from this thing that God's birthed in you because the enemy doesn't have the power to change the end. I said the enemy does not have the power. The end is in, inevitable. So all the enemy can do is try to separate you from the new beginning. Get you on a different path. But if you stay on the path, I'm telling you, you're going to hit the end. Look at Isaiah 46. He said, I'm declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times. Things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. God said, I declared the end at the beginning. So when you get a new beginning, God's declared a new ending. And God has declared it. Check out verse 11. He said, I'll call a bird of prey from the east. If I need a bird to fly by, I'll call it and it'll show up where I call it. Things aren't going my way. Look for the bird. Some of you thought a bad thought right there. Well, I saw that the other day in traffic. Okay, here's the deal. He said, if I need a man who executes my counsel from a far country, he'll show up where I need him. Indeed, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. How I many you know there's a difference between feeling like you want to get up to say something and getting up because you got something to say? You know, God ain't talking just to hear himself speak. He's got a purpose in everything he says. He said, I have purposed it, designed it to the finish is what that means. I have purposed it. I've designed it all the way to the finish. I will also do it. I'm telling you, what God speaks into your life, he is committed to the end. And he's looking for some people who will get that same attitude. I'm going to the end. I'm, I'm going to go to the end that God declared over my beginning. I've had a new beginning. God's declared a new end. I'm not going to walk out on it. I'm not going to give up on it. I'm not going to cave in on it. I'm not going to quit on it. I'm going to get committed, and I'm going to the end. And it's going to mean that I'm going to have to grow and change and do, change the way I think and change the way I feel, change the way I make my choices, but I'm going to the end that God declared my beginning because the end that God has for my life is better than anything that I could come up with. He's got a great plan for my life. Hello, somebody. So you're, you're, you know, you're bumping up against the wall and you start feeling the pressure and you start feeling the opposition come and, and it starts looking impossible and, and it starts getting scary. How many of you know that sometimes walking out God life can be a little scary? 365 times in your Bible it says fear not or be not dismayed or, or, or don't worry. Why, why would it say that? Because it's going to get scary. That's one for every day of the year. You got, you got to do not fear for every day of the year. Why? Because you're going you're gonna to have to have something that will pull you through those moments. What is it? It's confidence. You know, uh, uh, if you ever hear God speak something to your spirit, man, I'm telling you what, you, it, it, your confidence level just goes to a different place. That's why you need to be in the Word every day. You need to be giving God opportunity. That's why you need to be, uh, you know, thinking about and, and, and going over the, those scriptures all the time, giving God the opportunity for His Spirit to breathe life into that so it's really alive on the inside of you. A lot of us, we read the Bible all wrong. It's like we're speed readers all of a sudden. Just, Amen, let's go. 
and you don't give God time to, to, to cause that word to leap off of that page and into your spirit, we're listening to so many other voices. You can't help it. You're inundated with all these other voices, and most of them contradict God's purpose and plan for our life. Come on, you, you can't help it. It's just everywhere, everywhere. And you, you need to give a little bit of time for the Holy Spirit to cause this word to come alive on the inside of you so that it will, it will begin to paint a picture uh, you, you know, in your spirit of what the end is that God's actually taking you to. So that, you know, it's one thing to read Isaiah 32, 18, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwell in a quiet resting place, turn the page. It's another thing to be reading it and have a, a rhema come up that says, you're going to have peace in your house. You're going to have a peaceful habitation. I'm telling you, I'm bringing security to your house. What the enemy intended for evil, I'm going to turn it and use it for good. Hello, somebody. And all of a sudden, you, you just realize that, hey, you know what? I've been looking at the chaos, looking at the circumstance. What I need to do is look at the promise until the promise comes alive in my spirit. And then I can step out there, and every time chaos comes, I, I can step back. And, you know, hey, I might need a moment. Can you feel me? You might need a, you, you, you might need a moment to remind yourself, now, what did God say about this? What did God say about this? But if you haven't given him time to say anything yet, you know, think about it. He just said, we just read it in Isaiah. He said, you know what? I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I will perform everything I say. Well, I'd be wanting God to say some stuff. Then start speaking to me. Some of us really struggle giving full, uh, you know, acceptance to the promises of God because we don't give full acceptance to the promises of ourselves. You say all kinds of stuff and don't follow through. And so now all of a sudden you think, well, maybe that's how God is. Uh uh. God ain't becoming like you. You're supposed to be becoming like Him. And just because you know that when you said that you were going to do that and you knew that you weren't going to do it, trust me, God's never like you in that arena. You want God speaking into your life, you want your confidence level getting jacked up. That's why in Hebrews 10, 35, when he says, don't throw away your confidence, it will be richly rewarded. That's what, that's, that's what he's talking about. Don't throw away your confidence. We're just trying to convince you to develop some crazy big confidence. I mean, talking about getting really big in the realm of confidence. We don't want a life of small confidence. We, we don't want a life of castaway confidence. We don't want a life of puny confidence. Because that will take you down the wrong path. Confidence, man, I'm telling you, when, when confidence begins to build inside of you, it starts moving you down a path towards the end that God declared at the beginning. All of a sudden, your confidence level uh, begins to, to uh, be bigger than the circumstances that you're walking through. And, and you, can, you can see through it. You know, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's like uh, uh, you know, getting to the top of a mountain. You know, you're going up Snoqualmie Pass and you drive through the clouds in the fall. You get up on top and it breaks open and you can see. And you realize that, hey, you know, if we had stopped on the way up here, because all of a sudden, you know, our vision started to be challenged. If we had stopped, we, we wouldn't have got up here to see what we can see now. You want to just keep going so that you get to the place where you can see it. Don't throw it away. Look at somebody say, don't throw it away. Listen to me. Life is better when your confidence is bigger. 
Okay? Life is better when your confidence is bigger. Say that with me. Life is better when confidence is bigger. Again, life is better when confidence is bigger. And if you believe that, then start building some confidence. Well, how do I build it? Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Get in that word until that word gets in you and it's going to start building confidence in your life. Why do I need it? Because confidence will be richly rewarded. But if you cast it away, it's like taking a wrong turn or, or an exit, an off-ramp, and you end up at a different result, a different outcome, a different place. You don't want to be at a different place. You want to be at the place that God's called you and created you and equipped you to be at. Check it out. In Psalms 27, David's writing, and he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then, even then, even then, will I be confident. Even then. Look, look at verse 1. The Lord is my light. Can, can I just tell you something about your Lord? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Your Lord, you're going you're gonna to develop your relationship with your Lord as you're developing your relationship with the Word. And the word of God, we could actually read it this way, the word is my light. David, David said that. He said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. Your word is going to bring insight, revelation, understanding, discernment into my life. I'm going to know what to do when I don't know what to do because I'm going to have your word behind me saying this is the way walking in it when I'm making a left or a right hand turn. Your word is going to give me the ability to see what the natural man can't see. For the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. He can't receive it. But the spiritual man, he's in, he, he, he connects with that word. That word brings insight. That word brings revelation. That word brings clear vision. The, the word is my life. The word is my salvation. Let me tell you something. Without the word of God in your life, you're toast. I mean, you're just a big old fat, easy target. Because the enemy, the enemy can just mess with you any way he wants to. Because he, he can manipulate you and your mind in the midst of, of uncomfortable circumstance and get you to take an off-ramp thinking that you're still on the highway of God life. No, the Word is my salvation. I don't have to be afraid of anything or anybody because the Word is the stronghold of my life. Look at verse 2. Evil, when evil advances against me, not if, when. It's coming. Come on. It's cut. Well, that's kind of negative. No, that's just real. Okay? It's coming, and it's going to, it ain't coming over, you, you know, to hang out. It's coming over to devour you. And when my enemies and my foes attack me, you think you're having a hard time with your family members. Wait till the enemies show up. I love the scripture that says, if you have run with a footman and they've wearied thee, 
just hang on. Just here come the horses. Hello, somebody. When, when my enemies and my foes attack me, hey, they, at the end, they will stumble and fall. It won't be me. It, it, won't, it, it won't be me. Look at verse 3. Though an army besieged me, my heart won't fear. Why? Because I got, I got the word of God. Psalms 119, verse 165. Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing shall cause them to fall, stumble, quit, or fail. My heart will not fear. Why? Because I've saturated it with the word of God. Now, if you ain't got the word of God, yeah, you're going to be freaked out. Why? Because you, you, you have to base your life on what you're seeing. Because you don't have the light. It's kind of like going out in the middle of the night. You know, and it's a dark night and you're alongside the road and you've taken the flat tire off and you get ready to put the new tire on, can't find the lug nuts. And you're out there searching for the lug nuts. Can't find the lug nuts. All I need is just a few lug nuts. And they're here somewhere. What's taking so long? Well, can't find the lug nuts. Well, why can't you find the lug nuts? Because I can't see. It's dark out there. Well, what's that in your hand? Flashlight. You going to use it? No. Can I choke you out for Jesus? You, you got light. You got access to light. The war break out against me. When it gets really, you know what he's saying? David's pointing out the fact, listen to this. He, you know, he, he's not acting like living for God's not going to have any challenges. He wasn't suggesting we're never going to face difficulties. He isn't trying to sell us a bag of tricks in this writing. He just says it pretty Pretty plainly, he says, the, the wicked are going to advance against me. They're coming to devour me. I've got enemies working against me. Entire armies are going to face off in a life and death battle against me. And when the armies show up and war breaks out and I'm in the heat of battle and the odds are stacked against me and I'm running out of ammo, when my friends have been replaced by people who want to destroy me, and the struggle breaks over that tipping point, and I have no more hope of survival, even then, I will be confident. Even then. Why? Well, because you can't separate the end from the beginning. He said, I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He said... I am the Lord God. I change not. So the enemy cannot change the end. He can only get you off the path that's leading you to the end. How does he get you off? By getting you to let go of your confidence. Because your confidence is going to keep you on track. And a lack of confidence will cause you to turn and go a different route. You don't want to go a different route. You want to be the guy that makes it to the end that God's declared at your beginning. you got to wrap your heart, your mind around this reality that my confidence is built on something bigger than my circumstance. I said my confidence is built on something bigger than my circumstance. It's bigger than my family history. It's bigger than my past. It's greater than all our dysfunction. That's pretty great. It's stronger than all of our sin. 
It's higher than our failure, our weaknesses, and our sicknesses. My confidence is built on something bigger than what I'm looking at. Somebody say amen. Well, I'm going to try to be good and live an acceptable, respectable life. You're going to fail. You've got small-time confidence if you're building it on you alone. But we have a God who's bigger than all the stuff that's coming against us. What you need to see today is that confidence may not change your circumstances, but it does change the way you respond to circumstances, which impacts the outcome of the circumstances. We're all wanting our confidence to change the circumstance. No, it needs to change you and the way you act in the, in the circumstance, which will change the result of the circumstance. We've got to build confidence. Charles Swindoll, many of you have heard of him, great man of God, pastored great churches, wrote a lot of books. He made this statement, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to it. Most people live completely the opposite. We assume that life is 90% what happens to me, 10% how I respond to it. It's called circumstantial attitudes. Everything's about what's happening to me. What am I de- you don't understand what I'm dealing with. And you focus on that. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing, the problems I'm having to struggle with. Uh, you know, what does he think about me? What did she say about me? And we get, end up totally consumed and moved by whatever is happening to me. Your confidence is not built on the Word of God. The, the reality is, is that there's a mindset trap that, that you end up in because when your confidence is based on and influenced by your circumstances, then anytime something goes away that you don't like, your confidence is weakened. But the problem of that is that because your confidence is weakened, now your circumstances begin to shift again, and you're going to get more of what you don't like. Now your confidence is weakened yet again. And then all of a sudden, you're out there looking at it, and now it changes again. Now your confidence is weakened again, and you're in a, you're in a cycle that is just unending. There's no end to it, and you pretty soon you're under the ground, and you're making statements like, I guess faith doesn't work. No, you don't have confidence. You you gotta you gotta grow yourself up and, and and focus less on the circumstances and focus more on what you can change. You can change the source of your confidence, which will change the way you respond to your circumstances, which will change the end result of your life. You know, quite often I I, I share about my father. You know, and most of you have heard that 1980, my father was sent home to die with cancer, and he had a tube up his nose. You heard that he would be so weak, his head would fall over, he had to reach up with his hand, push his head up. You, you you've heard that he was sitting on the chair on the fourth day of the month, and he was reading the book of Proverbs, and he read, "My son, attend to my words and hearken to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh." And you've heard that he called out to my mom, "Velma," and she said, "Yes, dear, I'm healed." And she said, "That's nice." You know, you heard the stories and, and that, you know, it was 20 years later when he went home to be with God. It had nothing to do with cancer. It's just he made a decision. He's going home. But I don't think I've told you enough about the two and a half, three year life and death battle that he had on a daily basis. From the moment that he heard God say, my word is medicine for you. 
healing for you. I, I don't think you've heard about the times that he was so weak. He, he, you know, he'd get up out of the chair and took all the strength he had to head to the bathroom and fall down on the floor and couldn't get back up. I don't think you've heard about the, uh, you know, the flesh eating viruses that would attack his body and leave open sores. And, and, and it'd be so, so, so painful that you couldn't touch him. I don't think you've heard about the moments in the middle of the night for two and a half years that he would cry out and he'd beg my mother to just let me die. Just let me die. And my mom would stand alongside the bed and say, Oh, I thought you said you were healed. Hmm. My dad used to tell the stories of how that he would make a decision quite often to go ahead and live just so he could get up out of bed and throttle that woman. You know, you, you know, we, 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 uh, what's the word? Glamorize everything. We, you know, we, we want, we want God to, to do the collapse of time. You know, well, I, I need to be healed. You know, what you, what you're, what you're hoping for is like a miracle, you know, that instantaneous thing, but a healing quite often is a process. You know, you took 13 years to destroy your spouse. It might take a little bit of time to bring healing restoration back. Hello, somebody. You know, you, you've been going in deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into debt, and you've been screaming charge all the way. <laughs> charge. It might take you a little while for God to give you the wisdom to, to know how to walk back out of that. Because if he gave you an instantaneous payoff, hey, all my bills are paid off. We got a bigger down payment than we thought. And, and you go right back into it, only this time you're worse. Hello, somebody. You, you know, it, it's, what you got to do is, is man... You, you got to base your confidence on what God says, not the circumstance. If you base your confidence on the circumstance, you're going to be done way before you reach the end. Confidence isn't going to change your circumstance, but it'll impact your end results. Listen to what God said to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. Start at verse 6. Be strong and courageous. You're going to lead the people. They're going to inherit the land. Everything I promise, I'm going to give them, but... You need to be strong and courageous. Look at verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey everything I tell you to. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Don't let anything shake you. Don't, don't let anything move you off this path. And then you'll be successful wherever you go. Look at verse 8. Don't let this book of the law depart out of your mouth. Don't get caught without that promise. Just keep, just keep meditating. Read it, repeat it. Read it, repeat it. Read it, repeat it. Speak it out loud and, and, and meditate it day and night, good times, bad times, so that you can do it. Then you're going to be prosperous. Then you're going to be successful. Look at verse 9. Didn't I command you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. For I'm going to go with you all the way. What he could have said is this. What you need is to quit focusing on the struggle and live with some confidence. Come on, you need great confidence. Don't, don't let anything rob your confidence. Don't, don't, don't get discouraged. Don't, don't get perplexed. Don't get filled with fear. No, you're just looking at a circumstance. What you need to do is go to the end. Come on, let's go to the end. I'm going with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're going to make it. Look at somebody tell them, you're going to make it. Don't, don't throw that confidence away. You just need one thing. You just need one thing. Look at Hebrews 10.35 and, uh, and, and the Amplified. Don't fling away your fearless confidence. It carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Look at 36. For you have need of steadfast patience so that you can perform. 
And you'll fully accomplish the will of God and receive care and enjoy to the full what is promised. He said, you, you just need one thing, steadfast patience. A lot of us hear that and we think, well, patience. That's the ability to wait a long time. That's not what patience is. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged regardless of time. Whether it's a moment, a year, three years, none of these things move me. I'm not going to be changed. I'm, I'm not going to be changed. I'm going to live a prosperous, victorious life. Well, don't you see what you're going through? I don't care what I'm going through. What I'm going through does not change what I'm going to. I'm on my way to the fulfillment of God's promise. I walk in divine health. Even on the days I don't feel good. Hello? I walk in prosperity. Even in the moments when it seems like I can't afford Jack. I got peace in my house. Even when all three boys are at home at the same time. Come on. You got to quit letting stuff change you. You know, sometimes in the hall or the parking lot or, or you know, we had the crews go out and sell Krispy Kreme donuts yesterday. They sold like, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know how many dozen, six, seven hundred dozen donuts, which is about uh, 8,000 pounds of body fat. Uh, you know, you know we, we sold in the cell. And you get in moments like that and, and, and people start talking and you start hearing what they really believe. You know, you, you get in the back room at work and, 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 and all of a sudden your confession's different than it was at the altar on Sunday morning. What's up with that? We're going to prosper and then business isn't going so well. I don't know what we're going to do. I'll tell you what you are doing. You're taking an exit when you should be remaining on the highway. Hello, somebody. John 14, 27. Look at what it says. Peace I leave with you. My own peace now I give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And the Amplified just takes off and breaks down. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourself to be fearful. Do not permit yourself to be intimidated. Do not permit yourself to be a coward. Do not permit yourself to be unsettled. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated. Stop it. Well, I'm, I'm not mad. That's not necessarily what agitated means. Agitated means to be stirred up, to be moved. It, remember, it, it, back in the day, the, 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 the washing machine had a thing in the middle of it. It's called the agitator. What's the agitator do? It beats on stuff to make it let go of what it's clinging to. So you'd take your jeans that, had, that were clinging to stuff you didn't want, you'd put them in there, and the agitator would separate your jean from the dirt and the grease. The enemy uses life to churn you, trying to get you to be separated from what God put in you. He said, stop allowing yourself to let circumstances dictate your belief system. If you'll hang on... Pretty soon your belief system will impact 
your circumstances. Guys, it's all the way through the Bible. You, you, you got to get, you, you get a revelation. My, but my confidence is bigger than my circumstance. Remember the three Hebrew children? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You, you can go read it later and, and study their story. But the, the statements that they made are amazing. They said, our God is able to deliver us. We're not sure he will. But we know he's able. And, and, and because of the culture of their time and what they had been uh, required by law to do, they said, you know what, that would separate us from what God's called us to. We ain't going to do it. Well, then you're going to go into a fiery furnace, and you're going to meet your end, baby. It's all going to end right here. And they're like, well, you know what, I'd rather trust who I live for than compromise to please who I don't really care to please. Well, then, you, okay, then these, these boys right here, they're going to walk you down to your final end. Can you imagine the mental storm that they had to deal with as they were being led towards what had been declared their end? Talking to each other, man, it ain't looking too good, is it? <laughs> what, what, what do you think is going to happen here? Well, I think we're going in the furnace, dude. I hope you brought some sunscreen. Well, should we change our mind? 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 And, and together, they, you know, thank God that they were together so that they could encourage each other. Don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your confidence. Well, what if we die? At least we die with confidence. I'd rather die with confidence than live like a coward. And I'm telling you, that mind storm must have been crazy, especially as the guys who were leading them to their end started meeting the end that they were leading them to. Because it says that the fire consumed the dudes who were delivering them into the fire. They're looking at each other going, man, they're dropping like flies around here. They end up in the fire. But you know what's crazy? Is that they came through the fire. Hello? They came through the fire. Why? Because the end is in inevitable. If you don't disconnect from the beginning. So let, let, let me just put it this way. Your confidence may not keep you out of the fire, but it will keep you from getting burned. It ain't going to change your circumstance, but your circumstance isn't going to change your end either. You just, you just don't lose your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. It has it, it, what? My confidence has a, has a great recompense. It will be greatly rewarded, richly rewarded. God, the promise of God is worth you just getting a backbone and saying, I, I refuse to shift. If anything's going to change, it's going to be me, the way I think, the way I feel, the way I make my choices. I'm going to line up with God, and I'm going to trust him. I'm going to obey him, and I'm not letting go of my confidence. Hello, somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm going to win this thing. I'm making it to the end. I'm not changing my confession anymore. I, I, I'm going to quit you know, sabotaging what God's trying to produce in my life and quit agreeing with the guy who's trying to get me to miss what God's promised. Listen, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, and you were hoping we were handing out footballs or something. But the reality is, is that we, we, we've, got, we've got a revelation that you need to embrace. God is taking you somewhere. You, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. I said, you don't want to miss it. I said, you don't want to miss it. Get your confidence back on. Get your confidence back on. 
get get reconnected to the beginning that God declared. You know, just just get reconnected. You know, have a have a have a new beginning today. You know, uh, uh, Isaiah says, "Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. For behold, I shall do a new thing. Let God birth a new thing in you. It'll give you a new end. You might be headed for just absolute positive destruction." Let God give you a new beginning today. Amen. Come on, let's give him one more praise this morning. Thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, he's worthy. We magnify you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want you to close your book, bow your head, and we're going to pray together. Before we leave today, we're going to pray a prayer together. And if you're here today, and it's time for 